0: Day in Advent comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 35, starting with verse 1. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our god strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble, that feeble needs say to those who have an anxious heart be strong fear not behold your god will come with vengeance with the recompense of god he will come and save you and the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. and shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty grounds springs of water. In the haunts of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. And the highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over It shall be long to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: The epistle com- uh, for this day comes from um, the letter of James, chapter 5, starting with verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks Thanks be to God. according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. Truly I say to you among those born of women there has not arisen there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John and if you are willing to accept it he is Elijah who is to come He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm sure that you all remember flash bobs, which were all the rage about ten years ago. And there's one in particular I remember seeing at Christmas time uh, where people are going through the mall. They're just doing their shopping. Somebody's obviously filming this because they know what's going to happen and suddenly a woman just stands up and she starts singing and she's singing joyful joyful we adore thee and this is beautiful rendition and people are stopping to listen and all that but slowly more and more of the people around start joining in and at first it looks like it's just normal people regular people but then you realize that this is kind of a choir kind of uh, set up to be this way they go into O come all ye faithful then somebody on the upper balcony it's a multi-tiered mall somebody up there starts singing out go tell it on the mountain people join in more and more singing from those balconies Uh, some men going up an escalator uh, all choreographed the last song is this beautiful rendition of O Holy Night and while they're singing that in come Joseph and Mary in period dress holding a real baby and they go and they stand there in the middle of the mall in the middle of this open area all these people around watching as they finish this beautiful song Oh, Holy Night fall on your knees Oh, hear the angel voices O oh, night divine O oh, night when Christ was born O oh, night divine O oh, night O oh, night divine and then they stop And uh, at that moment a little boy sneaks around back behind Mary and Joseph and looks to see if it's really a live baby, I think. I think that's what he's looking for. And he sees that it is and he (laughs) runs away real fast. And then everybody just breaks up and goes away. And I, I know that that's not what those shoppers expected on that day, when they said, let's go to the mall. They probably expected crowds, they expected to be tired, they might have expected that some of what they wanted to buy might be gone. Not what they expected to find that flash mob there singing these beautiful Christmas carols. And I I put that in there as an illustration because it is so unexpected and it illustrates in some way how unexpectedly God works. He works in ways that we do not expect. You think about those 400 years of bondage to Pharaoh in in Egypt. And God used a Moses. And not the Moses that was taken from the Nile and raised in Pharaoh's court. Not the, the Moses that was the military leader there in Egypt. But the Moses who was a murderer who had run away, fled Egypt out into the desert probably out there for something like forty years a shepherd now that's the Moses God used to bring the people out of Egypt later on during the period of the judges we see a couple of examples He saves, God saves Israel from Uh, the Midianite army, Midianites and Amalekites had joined together and they they would come and raid Israel and leave them nothing and uh, God raised up a Gideon who it says is the from the least of the tribes tribe of Manasseh and he is from the least family in the tribe and he gathers to himself Gideon does, 32,000 people to go against this 120,000 army, but God's not satisfied with that. God says, it's too many people. Your army, Gideon, is too many people. I won't get the credit. (laughs) So he weeds it down, you remember the story, he weeds it down to 300 people and this Gideon and totally wipes out the Amalekite Midianite army. When God delivers Israel from the Philistines, famous story, right? The giant Goliath there taunting the Israelite army. Nobody will come out and fight with him except this little shepherd boy with some smooth stones in his pocket. When God speaks to the prophet Elijah at Mount Horeb, remember God put Elijah in the cleft of the rock and covered him with his hand, the Bible says. And then God passes by. And you remember that uh, when he passes by, there's a great wind. And that great wind is breaking the rocks. It's such a great wind. But God was not in that wind. He didn't act that way. That's how I would expect God to act. I would expect him to be in the wind, the powerful rock-breaking wind. I would expect him to be in the earthquake that followed or in the consuming fire that followed that but you remember that the Lord made himself known to Elijah in a still small voice. And then finally when God would bring ultimate deliverance to his people, it was not in a way that they were expecting. What were they expecting? I think If I were there, I would be right in there. I would be expecting God to come and work in a way that could not be resisted. God's will would be done. He'll just do it. Some, called the Zealots, expected God to deliver Israel militarily, politically, from the Romans, who were occupying their country. Others, the Essenes, for example, expected that God would act in some end times kind of way, some epic way like that, a judgment. They believed that God would come and he would judge all sinners, those in Israel and those in the Gentile world too, that they'd be condemned, that the righteous, the good people would be glorified. And in general most who believed in God and his Messiah believed that when Messiah came He would restore all things to their former glory, to the kingdoms of David and Solomon, the golden years of Israel. This is how people expect God to work. John the Baptist is a picture of that in some ways here. John prophesies that the one coming after him is going to be mighty in judgment, cutting down the fruitless trees, separating the chaff from the wheat, and burning the chaff in the fire. Great judgment is coming. Repent. But in his Messiah, God acts in an unexpected way. Now people resisted Jesus' proclamation of the good news as well as his call to repentance. I remember as a kid thinking I don't understand this, that the Son of God came and spoke and could perform miracles but couldn't change people's hearts. I've come to understand a little more of that. But you would expect that when the Messiah came, yeah, Nobody would be able to resist that, but God didn't work that way. He didn't come in great power and glory, honor and might as the king in Jerusalem or something like that, like we might expect, like the people expected. And it's true that demons and forces of nature had to answer to his call and command and do whatever he said. Yet the people easily rejected his word and did not believe in him. Jesus' words have power to create faith, to sustain faith, but the hearers of that word can reject it, can remain in their unbelief. Rather than being irresistible, our gospel lesson today says that uh, people actually take the kingdom by force, that it'll suffer violence. And we certainly see that with John the Baptist who in our reading is languishing there in prison although he was the messenger, the the forerunner of the Messiah. The one to prepare the way for the Lord. And yet he's there in prison and he will soon be executed. Ultimately Jesus himself will be rejected and crucified on the cross. And Jesus warns his own followers too that they can expect persecution, hardship, violence because of the gospel. Not exactly the well-rehearsed and choreographed flash mob that John and the people were expecting with political victories and a restoration to those golden years. Well, what are our expectations? for the coming of the Savior. We might find ourselves asking some of those same questions that John did in prison. Sometimes (laughs) I think it's quite a parallel for us. If Jesus really is the Christ, why hasn't he restored all things? Why do the followers of Jesus suffer so much persecution and hardship in the world? or more personally if God loves me why hasn't he answered my prayer? We all continue to deal with the effects of sin, the disease, the ruining of relationships, illnesses in the body, illness in the mind, death, separation. We may not experience the healing or the unity or the complete resisting of temptation or the spiritual clarity that we'd like to see this side of eternity. John certainly didn't recognize the coming of the kingdom. Where was the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy? The smell that he was smelling certainly wasn't Isaiah's blooming desert as he languished there in prison. Where was the highway of God? Where was the highway of holiness? Where was God's vengeance? Where was God's recompense? It seemed to John that things were going from bad to worse. Instead of sorrow and sighing fleeing away it only seemed to John like they were increasing. So even John seems to have expected God to act in a different way. And yet there is wonderful grace in the way that God did act even if it was unexpected grace grace in the humble service of the Messiah of God's son because Jesus came for a broader more permanent better more wonderful more beautiful reason than just a political victory just releasing the Israelites from the Roman occupiers. He came to save people from their sins. He came to bring life where there was death. Saving us from our sins, that's our real problem. And Jesus answers John, He talks about the miracles that he's done. He says, "Tell John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive their sights, the lepers are made whole, the dead are raised, the lame are walk are walking, the deaf are hearing, the poor are evangelized. This is what the Messiah did come to do. It's what Jesus is doing. and it, it shows that he came to overturn, the effects of the curse, to overturn the effects of sin in our lives. We wonder why there's still illness, why are there still blind people (laughs) and that kind of thing. That is being overturned and in the end on that judgment day we will see the final overturning of all of it. The kingdom is here, it has begun, but it's coming more fully. Isaiah's prophecies of the desert blossoming, of the rivers running through it, of the weak and the feeble being strengthened, that there would be no lion or ravenous beast to attack us on the road, sorrow and sighing, giving way to everlasting joy. These things are the result of Christ's work. But as we go about our everyday lives, we get caught up in that hustle and the bustle and our our calendars get filled up and our to-do lists get long and we we might start to realize we're not going to be able to get it all done. We might start feeling pretty weak and feeble. The joy sometimes drains away and it might be hard for us to focus on the celebration, the reason for that celebration in this season the cares of the world, the distractions of our broken flesh, they look more like Isaiah's desert to our hearts. So maybe for us today it's good to look again at God's unexpected work because it doesn't look like that blooming desert as you read through Matthew, that, it, that John the Baptist is going to be beheaded, That. Jesus is going to be crucified as a common criminal. That eventually nearly all of Christ's apostles are martyred for their faith. doesn't look much like the coming of the kingdom of power, but although it might be, it might look like it's bad, especially in the darkness of Good Friday that afternoon, it sure seemed like defeat there, Jesus of Nazareth dying on the cross. But that death on the cross will serve to be the ransom for many, the precursor of resurrection for God's people. At that cross we find that God acts in a most unexpected way. That through the death of His Son He saves all of God's Israel. That's all of God's Israel by faith, that's us too all of God's Israel through Jesus' humble service, through his suffering and his death absolutely unexpected but incredibly wonderful and powerful in the death and resurrection of Jesus there is now forgiveness and new life, eternal life salvation our hearts which were once dead deserts now overflow with the springs of living water. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. Jesus is going to return and restore all things on the last day and boy on that last day is it gonna be unexpected it's gonna be a flash mob of unexpected proportion with the angels with the raw power of that day with the realization in ourselves as we rise from the dead bodily the realization that the hardships of this life are over that the restoration of all things is now and that eternal life in its fullness is about to begin. It's a comfort for us to see how Jesus proves himself to John the Baptist in prison. Jesus encourages John by pointing him to his works, the works of salvation, the healing, the restoration that he has performed, showing that he is indeed the coming one prophesied, the Christ of God and this encourages us today as well as we the people of God experience here as we come and gather together around the word and the sacrament we experience the salvation of God in Christ Jesus even today. Even as we long for the restoration of all things that is yet to come. And it's great that we have this epistle reading from James too, uh, where James encourages us to be patient While we await Jesus' return, and he uses that picture of the farmer who casts his seed and has to wait. Wait through the early rains, wait through the late rains for that crop to come in. But the farmer knows that the crop will come if he waits. And today we light this joy candle, this pink candle in our wreath and we sing the praises of the one who came to be victorious over sin and death and the devil who produces streams of living water in that parched desert flesh of ours. And may those praises that we sing be heard by a world that is deaf. May the unexpected works of God save all humanity the unexpected works of God to save all humanity. May those works be seen by a humanity blinded by sin, that they too might be raised from death to life. And may the Holy Spirit work through you and through me to bring light and life and comfort and healing to those around us as we share the love of God that we have experienced, as we share the forgiveness of God that we have experienced in our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.